Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch because this is a Baywatch podcast in fat. This is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And Michael, we've got ourselves a very special guest this episode. Uh, Allie of the podcast, Well, What Happened, is going to be joining us for this one. Allie, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, hey, hi. <laughs> How's it going, you guys? Um, Pretty good. Good. I'm Allie. Um, as they mentioned before, I have a podcast called Well, What Happened. Um, it's just a podcast where people come tell me a really good story. And I had um, Morgan come tell me a great story last mm-hmm. week. So now I'm going to come watch Baywatch with these two. (laughs) I'm so sorry for you. (laughs) Like, yeah, I think I got the better end of that deal, if I'm being honest. It's like, what kind of dirt does he have on you that you came here? (laughs) (laughs) No, this is great. I love this podcast and I'm excited to be a guest. I'm so happy to hear that. (laughs) Um, So today's episode is uh, season one, episode 14, called We Need a Vacation, and they sure do. Uh, <laughs> and it was written by Lee Goldberg and William Rabkin, directed by Gus Draconis, originally aired January 26th, 1990. So Lee Goldberg and William Rabkin together have written uh, some highs and some lows. They wrote The Sky is Falling, <laughs> our episode about the people stealing a bunch of money from a bank in a town that could not have a bank because it is too small. Uh, <laughs> Rookie School, our episode uh, that involves a gangster plot. And they also wrote the teleplay of our least favorite episode of All of Baywatch, Armored Car. You may remember the one. Ah. Yes, that one. <laughs> the one that features just some scenes of an armored car and slow-mo shots of a volleyball game. Uh, Gus Traconis, yeah. on the other hand, <laughs> directed Heat Wave, uh, a boring, not that great yeah. episode. Now, uh, some stuff about this episode. Uh, this episode actually has a user review on IMDb, and this was <laughs> done by Sandcrab277, and they say, I'm sorry, but your surfing is poor. Wondering why Californians <laughs> think a two-foot high wave is big. Apparently, they have never been to the North Shore of Hawaii. Why Bay or Hawaii Beach or the Bonsai Pipeline? Been there and have seen the surf. Go home, crybabies. Uh, and that was the review. Um, I'm not sure why. What? <laughs> All the things to talk about. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now, some more stuff about this episode. Uh, first off, there is a character in this episode named Miguel. Uh, she's just like, Court just says, hey, look, it's Miguel. Now, Miguel, the guy who plays him, uh, whose real name is Tony, uh, he <laughs> appeared about two months earlier playing a character also named Miguel in Tremors, and that's why they called him Miguel. Um, The other fact about this episode is our big main guest star, who is Roxanne Biggs, and she plays Inez, and she is best known for playing Lieutenant Bailana Torres in all seven seasons of Star Trek Voyager. So she's a main cast character on Star Trek Voyager. I knew she looked familiar. Yep. Uh, 
Very, very cool. cool. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, you know, she's in this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually, I, I like this episode. I don't know what I'm talking about. But that's everything I, I, uh, I have for you on this episode. Yeah. Before we jump into the episode, um, Ali, I'm curious to hear what your history with Baywatch is. Like, was this your first exposure to it? Is it something you'd watched before? So I've seen a handful of episodes just like, you know, throughout my childhood. Like if they were on the TV, I would just I would be like, what is this? And mm-hmm. you know, maybe see like a half an episode or see little clips here and there. And I know sort of kind of like some of the characters Mm -hmm. sort of um but this was my first full like i'm gonna sit down and watch a full episode um and i've been listening to your show so i know like some of what's been going on but um yeah no i haven't actually watched like gotcha in my adulthood a full episode of baywatch before so this was fun (laughs) yeah this is uh this is an episode to start. Your- I think it, I think it's interesting, though, asking people because a lot of people are more familiar with the uh, the later stuff where it's like Pam Anderson comes in and it's, yeah. you know, like just uh, titillation in slow-mo. Uh, mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. hasn't happened. Well, I mean, it happens, but it hasn't like happened to that degree yet. Um, okay. And so like this is I feel like from a few people I've talked to, this is very different from what they expected with Baywatch. It is. Yeah. It uh, is. <laughs> is that a good thing? Um, <laughs> I, to be quite honest, I was honestly wondering, like, where is Pamela Anderson? <laughs> and then uh, and season I was like, four. Okay, yeah. That's where. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, it, it was, it was, there wasn't as much Baywatching. There was a lot mm. more like, other yeah. stuff going on. Right. Um, not that that's a bad thing necessarily, but um, yeah, I took lots of notes of this episode and I think the thing that I wrote down the most <laughs> was extremely problematic. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Just wrote mm-hmm. that phrase a lot. <laughs> this, it, mm-hmm. it's, I guess actually one more thing to add to this episode is this is one of the episodes where it becomes kind of clear uh, the, the behind the scenes problems of season one, which is uh, that NBC was really trying to figure out what do we want to make this show? Do we want it to be action-oriented or, like, character stories? And you can see the two mm-hmm. kind of fight with each other throughout the course of this episode. Oh, interesting. And yeah, as as we've discussed before on this show, at the end of season one, this show gets canceled. Uh, and then uh, David Hasselhoff gets a bunch of German investment, and they bring <laughs> it back for season two. And that's when the show is like no more violence against women, nor no more violence against kids, and but keep like the action and keep like the other, but the other stuff and like marriage them together in something good. But here they just did not know what they wanted it to be, uh, and I think that kind of shows. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I can, I, yeah, I can see that too. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Morgan, do you want to take us into what goes on in this episode? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into it. Um, the first thing I thought was interesting was, uh, Court gets his own intro shot in this intro. Yes. Which I don't believe he had last time. Nope. Because now he's a main cast character. (laughs) And wait, wait, actually, before we start, Allie, you were watching the original, right? Not the remaster. I was, I was watching the original. Yeah. 
Ooh, okay. <laughs> no, go on. Don't um, don't mind me. You get you get the good music, but I am curious now to hear what the differences were. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, we get. I forget even what Court's intro shot is. I think it's him, like in the surf or something. Yeah. Um, but he's showing up to relieve Craig from his lifeguard shift, but. Court's late and Craig's mad because he has too many meetings. Uh, <laughs> Annie's married. That's like another meeting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that he added that to his like list of things that he's got going on. Like he's got two jobs and he's got a bunch of meetings and he's married. <laughs> like on top of all of that, I also have to have a wife. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, sh- she's chill. She's like super chill and just oh, paints yeah. all the time. Like, how is she <laughs> like keeping you down? <laughs> Craig is very hot and cold on his marriage throughout the 15 episodes we've watched, where like one episode he'll be like super loving husband and great. And then the next episode will be the like just worst of the 90s, like, look at my ball and chain kind of jokes. And it just, this is definitely one of the latter where it's like, oh boy, can you believe I'm married? (laughs) Um, And I don't like it. No, I don't. Uh, Yeah, I like, I like Gina. I think she's a good character. Yep. Other, other than that time, you know, they portrayed Gina as some sort of like Oedipal figure. Um, Well, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. This show doesn't treat anyone well. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, it sort of treats David Hasselhoff well. Yeah, mostly, mostly. Next up, we get introduced to uh, the worst plot of this episode, uh-huh. which is that Shawnee is teaching a bunch of junior lifeguards and she needs a CPR volunteer um, and all of the 12 to 14 year old boys raise their hand, except for Hobie. Um, and then because he didn't raise his hand or really because the plot needed him to be the selection, uh, Shawnee convinces him to be the CPR dummy um, and does CPR on him. And it's it's shot like a romantic scene. Mm-hmm. And Hobie <laughs> is clearly very horny afterwards. And it's wildly uncomfortable because again he is depending on where the plot needs him to be between 12 and 14 it's it's also weird like he's given cpr to someone else before so it's like it's kind of portrayed as like for one him being like wow i've never had someone give me such good cpr before but at the same time implying that still really good cpr (laughs) is not good cpr because you're not supposed to make out with them like, so, like, maybe Shawnee is still, like, not the right person to be teaching them CPR. I just put extremely inappropriate CPR training. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I've I've taken CPR courses before. Like, I have to for my job. And, uh, yeah, no, you don't, you don't do it on a person. First of all, because it's extremely unsanitary. Secondly, like, you could mm-hmm. hurt them. Thirdly, because yeah. you're not, like, kissing their mouth. You're supposed to blow into their lungs. And, like, you can't really do that on, like, a real person who is breathing. <laughs> well, Hope, Hobie's kind of, like, dead inside anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this show uh, has a really bad case of Hollywood CPR throughout uh-huh. the entire thing, where CPR is just a magical life-saving thing where you just, like, 
lightly press on someone's chest and kiss them, and then they wake back up and they're fine. Um, it's like Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> I've I've never taken a CPR course, but I'm pretty sure that's actually how it works, right? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just like wake up, wake up, kiss, and then they're awake. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um. But I love that later on, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, like, later on, he he's telling his friend, she kissed me, and then his friend is like, no, that was CPR, and he's like, no, that was a kiss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, sorry, I've skipped <laughs> yeah. ahead. No, oh, no, 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 it's fine. No, don't worry. <laughs> um, the, the scene we're skipping is a wild scene that I don't understand why it's it important. included. I also wrote this was extremely inappropriate as well. (laughs) (laughs) For different reasons. Yeah. So this scene, this scene is that a fisherman on the beach runs up to Craig in court and says, I found something on my fishing line. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a, it's a sea mine. Um, Like a full on, like World War II sea mine. Um, And then... Court's like, I'm going to go defuse it. And Craig's like, you're dumbass. Let's call the bomb squad. And Court's like, but what if we don't? And then a wave comes in and they all dive into the sand and you think it's going to explode and it doesn't. And then they stand up and then Court grabs Craig's shoe out of his hand, throws it at the bomb, and then it explodes. Like, I... I don't I don't understand. Let's let's start. Let's start the beginning here. Baywatch has Mm -hmm. has basically detailed to us that there is a lot going on in California that we do not expect. For example, pirates, because, you know, pirates, Mm -hmm. they exist there. Also, that World War Two took place on the beaches of California. (laughs) So in my mind, D-Day was actually Mm C-Day for California. Um I, I like I, I don't I don't get why all of these strange alternate universe coincidences are happening, but I'm worried it's leading <laughs> to something very, very bad. Uh, and this is Armageddon. <laughs> yeah. I think most likely we're leading or we're laying the groundwork for Baywatch Nights here uh, when it gets into the real X-Files shit. But it's Nights with a K. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like Baywatch after dark. <laughs> you, you say that, but like Baywatch Nights is actually them trying to make an X Files version of Baywatch. Yeah, that's amazing. I know, right? I cannot wait to. Watch. Can, I'm so. Can excited. I come on for that for that too? Whenever you're on that, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you also want to be on for our five-part series on the Herbie movies? Sorry, the Herbie TV show? <laughs> Absolutely. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so this bomb blows up and Craig's like, wow, we need a vacation. And Court says, great, we'll leave HQ at six. And that's how we get mm-hmm. into our plot. <gasps> mm-hmm. uh, the first plot is that uh, Thorpe is giving Mitch a bunch of instructions on how to run the headquarters while Thorpe is on vacation. Uh, and Shawnee is giving Eddie a shopping list for while he's on vacation, um, which I was confused at this point because later in this scene, it seems like Eddie and Court were not originally planning to head to Mexico and were instead going yeah. somewhere else. 
but it's not clear. I, I think it's just worded bad on Craig's part where he what he meant to imply was that he wasn't going or to with them, but they were going to Mexico uh, because she does say, get me a sombrero, a poncho and some turquoise earrings. Like, right. She clearly means whatever she thinks Mexico is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Eddie, Court, and Craig are going to head down to Mexico for the weekend. And Eddie and Court make fun of Craig's dope CJ7 Jeep. Um, and <laughs> I think that they're dumb because it's a cool Jeep and it would right now be worth a lot of money. Yes. Um, if it were in one piece. But, you know, we'll we'll get to spoilers. That. Um, <laughs> so they're they're all heading off to Mexico about this scene. Craig is so concerned previously, Ali, as you mentioned, like he's got he's got jobs, he's got meetings, <laughs> he's got a wife. But somehow he's just able to reschedule his court date. But he couldn't before. Yeah. Like, yeah, is is your excuse of I need to go to Mexico like more important than I have a wife and I have another job and I'm tired? <laughs> See, I actually wrote about this, too, in my notes because I, I just wrote that apparently the bomb traumatized him so badly that he <laughs> like had some sort of a mental break and needed immediately to go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. That's what I do. <laughs> I desperately want to see the scene between Craig and the judge where he walks in there and goes, I'm going to need a one week extension because (laughs) I need a vacation. Like, (laughs) pretty sure any judge in the world in the world throws that out. You know, I'm sorry. This bomb just exploded (laughs) sort of near me and I had to jump in the sand. He's like, oh, yeah, someone threw a bomb at you. No, no, no. Someone didn't throw a bomb at me. There is like an old Navy bomb in the water and someone threw my shoe at it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you you mean like a bath bomb? No, no, no. I mean like an actual bomb. It was on the sand sand beach bomb. It's like, okay, okay. And so what did you do? Well, my friend threw my shoe at it. Threw my shoe. Why did he do that? I I don't know, but I need a vacation now. (laughs) God, <laughs> this show is such nonsense. I love this show so much. <laughs> no. Um. Next up, uh, Mitch and Hobie are playing checkers. Uh, when Captain Thorpe drops. Wait, by. before Captain Thorpe drops by, I need to mm-hmm. break your fucking mind. Yes. Uh, Craig's sofa is in the shape of a boat. No, it's Wait, not. What? Yes, you have the couch, which is the seats, which is the main part of the boat. And he has a table that's triangular at the end. That is the top of the boat. If you go back and watch it, his sofa is just a goddamn boat. It looked weird. It's the most annoying thing to me. It is so pointless, (laughs) yet so Baywatch of them to make a sofa a boat. And I kind of hate it. Uh, yeah, my brain just like skipped right over that. It was just like, well, that's weird. And I <laughs> it's easy. It's, it's like look right at it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I wonder if he just has no taste. It's like, well, it's that right. and. Mm-hmm. He's got too many other things going on. He's got two jobs and a wife. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have time to shop for couches. Yeah, 
Yeah, just just living that living that busy life. <laughs> um, but you know, you know who doesn't have a wife anymore? That's right, it's Captain Thorpe. Uh, oh. He's coming by to stay with me oh, for a bit sorry. because his wife threw him out. I actually want to say one. We can mm-hmm. redo that, but I want to add one more thing to that previous scene. Oh yeah, sure. So also in this scene. Um, we have Hobie uh, and Mitch playing checkers and Hope Hobie beats his dad and tells him, die, big dog, die, uh, which is very <laughs> weird. But then uh, Mitch says something about how Norman Rockwell will be ashamed of Hobie. Yeah. And when Hobie asks who that is, Mitch says he makes calendars, which <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. You mean you mean famed painter Norman Rockwell? Oh yeah, he makes he makes what? <laughs> it's like it's like you telling me that Salvador Dali just makes Janelle Monae music videos. Like it doesn't <laughs> that, that's reductive. <laughs> I also wrote down a quote from earlier in that scene where he's he's saying to Hobie, Ah, oh, a friendly game of checkers between father and son. You know, this is what family life is all about. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those quotes that's like, they nobody, no normal human would ever say this in real life, but they're like no. doing it for the TV, you know. Well, that's because Mitch is a merman. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think at least my brain, and I'm assuming yours as well, Michael, uh, is so broken by this show that that didn't even register as weird to me. That's just how everyone talks. It absolutely did. I actually assumed you were going to write it in your notes and talk about it, so I didn't, but I remember it. I was very much like, oh, why is he talking like this? Is is he yeah. is he being sarcastic? Like, I, like, the internet has ruined me, and I don't know sarcasm anymore, which is in itself sarcasm. But, like, is he being sarcastic? I don't know. All right, so yeah, I guess it's just my brain that's broken that heard that and was like, sounds human to me. <laughs> I would fail so hard if there were like a invasion of the body snatchers Ooh. thing going on and I had to decide which Mitch was the real one. Like, I think we're all broken, though. I think, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, Allie, but I think like even after just watching this episode, your brain is a little bit broken. I do, I do feel like I lost brain cells. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Yep, yep. That's that's goal of this podcast. (laughs) Happy to be a part of it. (laughs) And we're happy you're here to become more stupid with us. Amazing. (laughs) So then they drive to Mexico. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, Yeah, now's now's when we get the introduction of the Thorpe plot, finally, which is... um, just a real, real fun plot mm. that definitely doesn't bother me at all. Mm. Um, Thorpe is is gonna come stay with Mitch instead of going on his vacation because he got back to his house and his wife had packed all his suitcases badly, as we'll later learn, mm-hmm. um, and is throwing him out of the house because now their son is out of the house and their whole marriage has been a sham. Um, and... <laughs> I want to talk specifically, I don't remember where it happens in this scene, um, which is uh, Captain Thorpe saying, she said our marriage was a sham. She's never said the word sham in 27 years. And Mitch saying, yeah, I learned a lot of words when Gail and I split up too. 
And just what the fuck does any of that mean? I, yeah, the, I, yeah, I didn't write anything down about that, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> I found that whole situation very interesting. Like, yes, I, yeah, I, I like to interpret your note as just Waluigi talking and going, wow, over that so really like not, not just has a thirties radio announcer voice really has a like thirties, uh, character as well, mm-hmm. where he's just randomly weird, archaic and shitty at random points. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Thorpe sees the game of checkers going on between Mitch and Hobie and uh, asks which color Mitch is. <laughs> Mitch says, he says, well, I guess I have to teach you how to be better at checkers. And I don't understand it. Um, <laughs> but now, now we're off to Mexico. Um, we've got Craig, Court and Eddie who are off-roading in the Jeep, and it looks fun as hell. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. like to be there. Um, and Craig says that they're getting lost, uh, but Court disagrees and says that some places you have to find without a map. Okay. Like what? <laughs> this was one of one of several quotes that I wrote down. I wrote that exact, some places you need to find without a map. <laughs> I wrote that quote down and then I put hashtag deep after it. Um, and there's like there's like seven of them in this episode. Oh, so yeah. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to just oh, yeah. throw them at you. <laughs> yeah, I I want to talk a about the music during the off roading scene, which is like <laughs> weird, generic, like trying to sound Mexican. Mexican. Music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My subtitles say Mexican song playing. Yeah. <laughs> but it was very fun. I did like the yeah. song. <laughs> and then the scene ends with uh, Court crumpling up the map and throwing it away. And then we get a really long shot of the map as they drive away. And <laughs> I was like, all right, remember the map. Like, normally I don't pay that much attention while I'm watching these episodes, but I was like, all right, the map's going to matter again later. It's going to come back into it. You would think. Yeah. You you sure would. Of course. (laughs) Nope. Yeah, no. Nope. We, it never matters again. (laughs) Um, There's a, there's a lot in this episode that's foreshadowed and then doesn't come back. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But yeah, they've finally made it to the beach and now it's time for a surfing montage um <laughs> okay but but first i i had to write down that um the car hasn't even come to a full stop yet when one of them i'm assuming it's court yells are we gonna look or surf let's go <laughs> i remember looking and the car's not even stopped yet and i was like what <laughs> spent a long time staring at the ocean like it's not even yeah yeah that doesn't make any sense yeah Mm -hmm. ADR (laughs) oh yeah but I'm ready for the montage yes oh yeah it is it's it's a hell of a montage it's it's court it's Craig it's Eddie and they are just surfing those waves 
Um, and it is set to a song that I I found the name of it and I found the artist, but there does not appear to be a copy of this song on the Internet, um, which is the first time this has ever happened to me. Um, so wait, is this for the original version or the for the original okay. for the original? Yeah. Um, the song in the original is a song called Vacation in My Mind, um, <laughs> which is one of the only lines that we hear in that song over and over again. Uh, <laughs> but what I found really interesting about this song, actually, is that it's by um, a Canadian artist by the name of Tom Cochran, who is a man actually best known for doing the original version of Life is a Highway. Wow. That, Jesus. Yeah. Seems to have been his only hit. Um, Other than this, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm curious what the music was like in the in the remastered version. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, I always have the deets on that. Um, <laughs> this one is called Good Old Days, and it's by Sean McHugh, who has done all of my favorite songs the original songs that we've done uh on this show uh, he's done two others i think this, this is his last one now Aww. in in talking well, to wait okay do you mm-hmm. sorry do you want do you want me to like give you an idea of what the the original one the vacation song sounded like of oh, course because of um i i just listened to it a few minutes ago so that i could like give you sort of a taste of the yes. flavor okay um so like how would you describe like the the overall tone of music? Because I put it sort of like um like Beach Boysy kind of ooh, ooh. yeah a Beach yeah. Boysy kind of vibe, but then it's also kind of bluesy. Um, and he does say the word vacation a lot, mm. um, so it's sort of like <laughs> I'm just gonna sing it. But okay? in your mind, I'm just gonna yeah. sing a little bit of it. <laughs> He's just like I'm taking a vacation. Ooh. Don't know what I'll find. And then a little while later, he's just like, I am on a vacation. <laughs> Having seen the original version. Yeah, no, that is. It. <laughs> oh, man, you got the better one. <laughs> I, yeah, I would call it I would call it like like bluegrass dad rock. Um, Ooh, like <laughs> it's awful. It's an awful song. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so unfortunately, Sean McHugh decided to write just an amazing banger. Uh, and uh, I actually, I guess, was challenged earlier uh, that Allie would sing a little <laughs> bit of it, of the version, the original. So I would sing some of the remastered version. Um, and I've trained my voice for years to lead up to this moment. For this moment? Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Whew. Yeah. I'm ready. I know, right? Uh, so I listened to it a little while ago, and I'm going to try it. So, okay, here we go. <laughs> me, 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 me. It doesn't get any better than this. Here we are making a way. Not looking back with our game on track. Chasing our worries away. Hey, hey, hey. These are the good old days. Ready, set, and going for it. Here we go making our dreams. Leaving the ground with our head in the clouds. (laughs) Who knows where this will lead. Hey, hey, hey. These are the good old days. And it goes on. Uh, a little while. Thank you. Thank you. But it's actually like, it's not 
bad compared to like normal Baywatch stuff, which is like you shot an arrow through my heart and that fire was there. And <laughs> so the arrow was a firebolt. But also, like, my heart yeah. was was like a pitcher of water, and so, like, I melted the fire, and now we're together. <laughs> let's let's have sex. Like, that's... Yeah. yeah. I will say, I do have one complaint with the lyrics for the remastered version, which is that it never once says the word vacation. And, like, how else are we supposed to know that? <laughs> because a, like, a good old day... theme of the scene. A good old day is a vacation <laughs> from the present. And it's just implied, you know. <laughs> uh, but there is a line in there um, that I really, it's my favorite line of the song, which is, it doesn't matter what they say, we can't hear them from this wave. Which I'm like, yeah. like is your hearing? It's like, it's the hearing that's a problem. Maybe you should like be surfing less loud. Like what is going on? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you over all of this vacation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I'm going to say to my boss now. <laughs> just don't come back in on Monday. It's like, we're, I'm sorry. It's the vacation. It just <laughs> I can't even hear you. <laughs> I'm on vacation. It's the perfect pandemic vacation. Oh, my God. This yeah. is amazing. I'm going to use that. <laughs> Anyways, this montage is classic Baywatch in that it just it, mm-hmm. it it's it's the, like Game of Thrones has sex position well Baywatch has surf position you know Ooh. yeah wow yeah uncopyrighted deep yeah I know right <laughs> deep waves <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but as the commenter said like those are only like two foot waves yeah go home cry babies yeah I, I read it I get it I'm home like we're in pandemic like are they happy now on vacation <laughs> forever like it's their fault uh thank you uh what was your name again sandcrab277 you're at fault for covid <laughs> Sounds like someone's breaking out the sand crab stompers. Oh, Morgan, get out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then once uh, this montage finally comes to a close, uh, they get back to shore literally just in time for them to see their Jeep get stolen. Womp womp. Yeah. I did love the villainous timing of waiting until they had finished having a good time (laughs) to bring it all down and steal their Jeep. Just real considerate villains. (laughs) It's it's oh, I have a reference and I'm not sure if it's if it's like if people know it enough for anyone who watches this show to get it. Uh, But it's an S Club 7 reference. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, you'd get it if I made it. S Club, do it. Oh, well, it was just a joke about how uh, that stealing the money at that time or stealing their stuff was the most S Club 7 movie-esque uh, predicament possible. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the S Club 7 movies where it's just like, someone stole our car and now we have to walk to a town. And when we enter this town, it's now 1980. Oh, no, yeah. we time traveled. Us, this seven-person band somehow time traveled. Or like... <laughs> 
the one where they're like, we, we left we left the old town and now we're stuck in the woods uh, because someone like stole our gas or something. It's it's very S Club 7. Morgan, I'm so I sorry. I that show. I love that show. Can, can we make another podcast where we watch S Club 7? Allie, <laughs> Allie, I'm being 100% serious right now. Yes, I want to do this. I actually hosted oh an S Club movie night once. <gasps> Okay, I'm your gal. We'll talk later. We'll, we will do this. <laughs> I have literally never heard of this before. S Club 7. I have no idea was, what you're talking about. S Club 7 was a band created by the same people who created Spice Girls. But it was like, what ah. if we bring together uh, three guys and four women and we audition them, just put them together and make pop hits. And mm. then they were like, but what if we also give them a TV show and some movies? Yeah. Um and then it turns out the lead singer of S Club 7 is a racist, uh, but the rest are cool. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the rest are cool. The rest are fine and dandy people, but just the lead singer. Oh, she's a racist. Well, when, uh, when you two start that podcast, I will definitely come guest for an episode. <laughs> yes. <Okay>. Exciting. <laughs> Speaking of racists. Morgan, <laughs> where are you going with this, Captain idea? Thorpe? You can't give me that as a lead, in. Captain Stay Thorpe. Away. It's Captain Thorpe. It's not you. You're not racist. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> um, actually, surprisingly, I don't think we've seen Captain Thorpe do anything racist yet. It feels like a thing that's going to happen. Are you sure? I, I feel like he said something about like Hispanic people at some point in a previous probably. episode. He's about to do a sexism, but. But we'll oh, get to that. Oh yeah, it's just a couple um, of sexisms. Just oh, a boy. few, just a few dozen sexisms. Just a smattering of sexisms. <laughs> God, he is really just the worst character. Yes, um, like all the time. And in this instance, he's the worst because he's up at five thirty in the morning, uh, just banging, literally, literally banging two saucepans together and yelling to make. <laughs> Up. Um, <laughs> Go home, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he's made breakfast, and Mitch is not happy. Um, <laughs> he's also made decaffeinated coffee because it keeps yes. it keeps the senses sharp. Yeah, the, the breakfast <laughs> he has prepared for Mitch and Hobie are decaf coffee, <laughs> eggs, toast, and reconstituted beefcakes um, which is a phrase that i hate it's a phrase i'm gonna use to call myself now a reconstituted beefcake <laughs> yeah hey you see that guy over there in the corner <laughs> he is such a reconstituted beefcake oh, oh my god <laughs> himbo's so 2020 Reconstituted beefcake is is the new 2021. Oh, yeah. It's, it's also like it's gender neutral. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Like you don't need to. You don't even need to go into them boat territory. It's already gender neutral. Yeah. Nothing. Ooh. Nothing gendered about reconstitution. <laughs> Nor beef. <laughs> Nor cake. True. Yeah. Amazing. Well, we've we've solved. We've solved it. Everything. Yeah, pretty much. Awesome. I knew we were doing this podcast for a reason. There is one thing we haven't solved, we, though. We fixed, we fixed it. Yeah. What's that? 
what happens if a scorpion sees your shadow? Will it get out of the way? <laughs> Eddie asked this question, and we have no answer. Yeah. We never find out. No. I know. But it is, we know it is instant death if you step directly on No, it. no, no. It will take a few days to die. Court corrects Craig on this. Oh, right, right, yes, right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but then you die. Then you die. Yeah. And then Craig asks if anyone's seen any scorpions around, because he would like to step on one. Um, <laughs> is, is, is this a kink? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, when you have two jobs and a wife, Ugh. like, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Pinch me, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a hard knock life, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Annie is the reference I would have used for this, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Craig, Eddie, and Court are uh, making their way through the desert because their Jeep got stolen and they're heading towards a town that Court uh, says he knows where it is and is still very cheerful and optimistic. Um, <laughs> and I I actually do like him as a character yeah. sometimes. Um, but also, I could not handle him in real life. Nope. Um, no. <laughs> next, we're at headquarters with uh, Jill and Mitch. And Mitch is trying to find some food because... Uh, Turns out his appetite is not for reconstituted beefcakes because <laughs> uh, he's got enough of that going on with himself already. Mm-hmm. And so he's uh, he was going to eat some pizza, but Hobie ate it already. Uh, so now he's going to eat some dry cereal while him and Jill talk about how Thorpe fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> and then we have the one good exchange with Captain Thorpe in this entire episode. Wait, did you write this down? Because I wrote this down. Oh, you have the actual dialogue? Oh, yeah. I have I have Captain oh, Thorpe's I wrote, line. Okay, but before Captain Thorpe comes in, I have written down the dialogue just yes. before that. <laughs> yes, please. So, so, um, so Mitch is saying underneath, uh, he's saying how Mitch is like a good guy, and mm. uh, Jill is disagreeing, and um, he says, underneath that starched shirt is a really sensitive guy, and she retorts with, underneath that starched shirt is a starched undershirt. <laughs> and I wrote, hashtag deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, that, that dialogue exchange, A, is great, uh, and B is is a um, bit that I have been calling uh, writing juice, mm-hmm. which is to say the writers did a lot of cocaine, <laughs> uh, and then they wrote that exchange of dialogue, and yeah, they were very <laughs> proud of themselves. <laughs> I wonder if all of these deep quotes are going to be fueled by cocaine. I'm sure a lot of them are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like so much of this show must have been fueled by cocaine. What else can you do in the in the early 90s? Blow? Yeah. I, I guess, but like You can go on vacation. Yeah. Listen. Or you could put on your dancing duds and hit the disco. Ooh. <laughs> uh Michael, you said you said you have this particular exchange because uh this is great. I do. Uh would you like me to try and do voices? Oh, I would love nothing more. Okay, I'm going to try. I'm bad at voices. Uh, (laughs) I notably usually can only do my own voice, and even that is bad. And then (laughs) Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. So we're going to see what happens here. So Mitch, 
What do you say we cut out a little early tonight, huh? Early? Yeah, keep this under your hat, Riley. Shifts over at 7. What do you say we sneak out at around 6.50, change into some dancing duds, and hit the discos? Discos? Yeah, I heard Mc- McMurdy's is a great place to troll for chicks. Chicks? Listen up, Riley. Man talk. Nothing personal. Don't you think you're moving a little fast here? Mitch, I think this is the best thing that could have happened to me. A law of the jungle, right, Riley? Families exist to raise and nurture offspring. Our offspring are grown, so the marriage is pointless, right? Best of all, I still got my youth. I'm still young. I still got the moves. And tonight, the king will show you a few. Hey, Riley, you like Hobie? Yeah. Great. Would you make sure he's in bed by nine? Here's some money. (laughs) He's got a big day tomorrow. 6.50, Mitch, you're driving. And that's the scene. At which point he mm-hmm. slaps some money on the table and just expects that some woman will take care of Hobie. Mm-hmm. He slaps a single dollar bill down. Oh my God! One is it really just one dollar? <laughs> inflation. One dollar. It's inflation. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna talk about inflation later, but yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Um. Yeah. Uh, all of. This is bad, um, except for the part where they're going to put on dancing duds and hit the disc. Um, I want that scene so bad. <laughs> God, I know. I don't know why we don't get it. Yeah. I, I, I 100% guarantee that it's him at the, at the disco dancing to one, Rasputin by Boney M, and two, <laughs> I want to put on my boogie shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I just saw a TikTok with that Rah Rah Rasputin song in it. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I I was the one who linked it because it is uh my new favorite thing in the whole world and I can't Oh yeah, decide, that's right. I can't decide if I want to be the person in that video or sleep with the person in that video mm-hmm. and I I kind of don't care either way. It's the most powerful energy. Have you seen the original Rasputin video? I don't know that I ever have because it has the same frenetic energy because it's it's him just barefoot dancing in front of the three singers and doing like a one footed bounce over and over for like three to five minutes and just okay dance. He he's definitely on coke like (laughs) so it, it retains the same energy. Perfect. I have that queued up for after the episode. Nice. I'm amazing. Yeah, I the two lines in specific in this scene that made me just roll my eyes out of my head were calm down, Riley. It's man talk, Um, which, (gasps) yeah, it was bad. And then law of the jungle, like (laughs) my dude, you are like 70. (laughs) You know, none of that. It's bad. Yeah. Captain Thorpe sucks. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So much sexism. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, there's always a baseline in this show. um, But I think this might be one of the worst episodes so far for it. Um, But there is there is one law that still should count and should not be violated, even though it is in this show, which is that if if you're, you know, 23, you shouldn't date a 13 year old. Um, and here, mm-hmm. here we get uh, some more of that plot line, <laughs> just mm. for a nice tonal shift. Um, mm. because Hobie is apprenticing with Shawnee and using this as an excuse to hit on her. 
Um, and it was written by 30 year old or older men. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it is really uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Does anyone have anything they want to say about this scene, or do we want to just move on and pretend it never happened? <laughs> Let's just move on. Yeah. Let's just move on. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, yeah. Because next up, uh, our vacation crew have made it to a town, and Craig and Eddie are not happy because <laughs> this town doesn't live up to the modern standards of luxury that they've been expecting. Um yeah. Court is very confident that he knows people in this town, but he keeps trying to go up to people and say hi to them, and then they kind of shy away and go back into their homes. Um, Hmm. Then the three of them go to a bar, and uh, Court (laughs) orders beer, and then grabs the bartender around the waist and kisses her, and she is clearly, clearly not into it. Um... (laughs) I wrote down the word extremely inappropriate, just like a slew of times for this. Yeah. Extremely inappropriate grabbing of a woman. Mm-hmm. Extremely inappropriate breaking a bottle and holding it to his neck. Yeah, yeah. And then and then it all just descends into chaos, and I didn't even feel like writing extremely inappropriate about that. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> it is a hell of a scene. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I this is a this is a like underlying plot thing that I was just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I specifically have the words uh, white savior complex. Right. Savior complex. Yes. Later in my notes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's not even just like save them. It's also like blackmail them into saving them. Yeah. Uh, we're still in the bar. And uh, we find out that the reason uh, the bartender is mad at him is not because he assaulted her, but because he left and didn't tell anyone that he was leaving. Um, What an ass. Yeah. I mean... Oh, wait, am I allowed to swear on this book? Absolutely. Absolutely fucking do it. (laughs) Yeah. There's no way you could get through this without swearing. Yes. Okay, good because I wrote I wrote down holy shit the bar fight. So that- Yeah. So so we're, we're at the bar fight basically, right? Like yeah. nothing. Yeah. So okay, so first thing villain his name is Kyle Riggler. Second, mm-hmm. this is the second episode in a row where yes. Court sticks up a glass and someone punches it so that then Court can say works every time and then the dude just punches him. And yeah. this is 100% a reference that nobody, I'm, I'm sure no, none of, nobody on this podcast gets, of this famous YouTube video from the Mega Man TV show. Where so Mega Man steals people's powers, right? Mega Man, like you kill a boss, you get their weapon. So in the Mega Man TV sure. show, he touches like somebody's forehead and he can like download their data of like whatever weapon they have and use it. So there's this episode... Ooh. Where he uh, he beats up Cut Man and then he goes up to Pharaoh Man and he's like, ha ha, I got you now. And what he actually says is not so tough, are you? And touches his head and then Pharaoh Man just punches him and then walks away <laughs> and then he wins. Like he just punches him and walks away. And that's what happens right here. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's been a... 
been a episode of Obscure References. This is a mega episode. <laughs> a mega episode of men. Oh, yeah. Um, I also uh, am real glad to see that the writers have gotten really lazy already. And like <laughs> you said, it's been two episodes of a row in a row of uh, Court just being in a bar fight. Now, you know, <laughs> guess that's his thing. I want to continue our trend from last episode and rate this bar fight um, where Ooh. a 10 is the bar fight from the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, and a one being bad is, uh, I don't know. Um, just, no, no, I, I actually really like the scale being 10 is this one specific bar fight that I still have not seen. I and haven't seen it either. So perfect. I don't, I feel yeah. perfect. I mean, it's not, and a one, a one is just the word bad. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I would say this is, so last episodes was maybe like, uh, like a five, you know, it wasn't, it was yeah. long, but it didn't have enough of the real bar action I wanted. This, mm-hmm. this is an eight. This is an eight. <gasps> and it's an eight because Craig and Eddie join in on it. Okay. I just, th- that's all you need to know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's worthy of an eight. I think I was sort of, I was worried about Inez the whole time mm-hmm. because she kind of got like tossed to the side and then she sort of tried to jump in and get them to stop fighting but like that didn't work and then she was just sort of sitting there going guys stop 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 (laughs) (laughs) and i was thinking like she might get hit by a bottle or someone doing something stupid um yeah so i was like worried about her (laughs) when i was watching (laughs) the fight but yeah (laughs) i the one moment i liked in this fight was when uh, Eddie was about to get involved, and Craig's like, "No, maybe we shouldn't." And then they immediately do anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yep. Eddie's from Philly, and he's got a got a pure passionate anger. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I'm not giving this one an eight. I do not think it was deserving of that because um, I did get bored partway. Fake. Through it. This is a fake scale, Morgan. <laughs> you don't need to be realistic with your scale. Well, you know what? I'm going to be. I gave the Sonic the Hedgehog bar fight a ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm giving this a six and a half. I do think it was better than the one from last episode. Okay. Um, but I still hate the punch sound effect that they use in Baywatch. And I think it's very dumb. <laughs> so a funny thing I was rewatching, uh, cause the part of the reason we started this podcast was I watched a video about the wrestling episode of Baywatch. And in that episode, mm. they decided to dub punch noises over wrestlers punching, which is just like <laughs> t- t- two layers too deep, man. <laughs> uh, and I can't stop thinking about how this show is so unnecessary. Like there is an episode er- yes. early on where uh, Mitch jumps off of a of a of a helicopter onto a boat <laughs> yeah. to disarm a man with a gun, and there's still punch noises. And it's like, but why? What? Wh- th- that's not going to make the scene more exciting. He jumped off of a helicopter, man. Like, <laughs> you're not adding anything to this scene by adding the punch noises. Yes, I completely agree. <laughs> I watched a lot of um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, mm. growing up and as an adult and they de- yeah they definitely do gratuitous punch kick noises and there's a lot of it because it's a it's a very like fight heavy show so there's a lot of just punch noises all the time <laughs> yeah the last little bit of that bar fight is as it wraps up uh they see that uh i i 
could never understand exactly what they were calling the guy um, who is the villain in this episode. Kyle Riggler. Yeah, no, I I did eventually look it up, but I have him written down in my notes as a variety of uh, Wrigley, Wriggles, Wriggle. uh, The Wiggles? The Wiggles. (laughs) The Wiggles. Toot, toot, chugga, chugga, my big red Jeep. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) There's a story behind this, I feel. Toot, toot, chugga, chugga, big red car is one of the best Wiggles songs. Uh-huh. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I like the Wiggles. <laughs> the backstory is that Michael is unironically a big fan of the Wiggles. Yeah. No, like I That's amazing. They're they're my post breakup music. Like many times have I oh. used them and it's just been like, look at these men and later woman singing yeah. about the most pure stuff possible. There's no, there's like, there's no euphemisms there. They're not saying like honk my horn. They're like talking about fruit salad because they want to eat fruit salad. There's a feather sword. It's a sword made of feathers. Like that's it. It's the best. So like, are you one of those people who like when, when you're in a really sad mood, you don't necessarily want to listen to sad music because you're like, Oh, this will just pull me deeper in. Like, I'm already in a bad mood. This is not what I want to listen to. Uh, no, I listen to a lot of punk. Okay. <laughs> I just, I, I have a very, I think as Morgan would tell you, I have a very eclectic music taste. Uh, Love it. And Morgan listens to, in his own admission, uh, far too much, far too many podcasts. And I listen to mm-hmm. far too much music. Like, I'm listening to music like eight hours a day. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, uh, you've only sent me multiple like prog metal concept albums that are actually entire stories. So, like, really, I mean, your music taste isn't that eclectic. That was a hardcore <laughs> punk rock opera about. Yes, that's it's a hardcore is. punk rock, a rock opera about Marxism. OK, like mm-hmm. just oh. come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I. I uh, I listen to a lot, a lot, a lot of music. Uh, Me too. And it, yeah. it turns out that sometimes I end up liking things that are just, you know, nice and sweet stuff, like like the Wiggles. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And if they did a bar tour, which they did in Ireland, an 18 <laughs> and older bar tour, I would be there front row singing and be like yeah you fucking sing that song uh, <laughs> is there some way we can tag the wiggles in the podcast so that they can <laughs> wiggles if you're listening i mean on twitter yeah to, absolutely yeah 2022 please do a bar tour oh a fun fact i have saved um i have saved the link to greg the original lead yellow wiggles cameo page <laughs> So, I mean, of course we're going to do that. Oh we're going to do that. Yes. Sure. We know what to get Michael for his birthday. My birthday's yeah. in <laughs> less than a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's. Get on it. Get on it. It's a big one. Too, it's it's so, my 30th. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like. Yeah. Is it the big Yeah. Oh, welcome. <laughs> welcome to it. I'm, I'm freshly in it myself. 30 is when you go, when you die. So I'm ready for it. You know, no, there's nothing to live for after 30, uh, except for the videos from the guys from the Wiggles and, and, and woman who took over, uh, because he had a, he had like 
a heart attack on stage. And I'm like, man, like the Wiggles music is just really powerful. Uh, Just takes so much out of you. Sometimes you're talking about hot potatoes and then you're just like, my heart can't take it. Uh, Anyways. Should have. Instead of singing about hot potatoes, he should have been singing about heart potatoes. <laughs> fucking Ooh. And maybe then he would I fucking okay. hate you so much. <laughs> I love you, but at the same time, I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> uh, you know you know heart potatoes is going to be one of our I, suggestions, I, right? Of course it is. Uh, oh so against all odds, I'm going to say please go back to the Baywatch. <laughs> Actually, no, I want to describe so like not that important of a scene Craig and and Thorpe actually went to the disco and they talk about some feelings. Whatever. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But the scene. Oh, the 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 two things I want to hit on this scene, and you might be about to hit them, so I'll, I'll let you keep going. No, I'm going to hit on the next scene, so go for it. I've got a I've got a quote from this scene. Okay, though. then oh, go yeah. for it. I, I I have two quick things on this scene. I'll I'll let you go first, Allie. <laughs> well, okay. So are we on the scene where where they're talking about the disco? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay. My quote. My other hashtag deep quote is, "I had the music in me." <laughs> <laughs> I, my favorite quote from this uh, particular scene was where uh, Thorpe, where Mitch was like, hey, I guess you couldn't sleep. You were up all night. Um, And Thorpe goes, couldn't sleep. All wound up the adrenaline in his very 30s radio announcer voice. (laughs) And I started crying laughing. (laughs) It's, It's so badly written. But he is he is giving it his all, um, and he probably shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> and he's trying real hard to pretend he's not sad about his wife kicking him out. Um, not sad at all, just a happy man, just happy. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, now we can now we can get onto this wild ass Three Stooges scene that is next. <laughs> okay, so here's my one line description from my notes. Mm-hmm. Uh. Court and Inez totally banged, and then Eddie and Craig get pushed into their bang room by the literal rest of town. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that is the scene. It's bonkers. <laughs> it's so wild. Um, it's, it's one where, like, so Michael and I were talking a bit before we started recording about anime and how I can't stand the, in anime, the overdone reaction face. Mm-hmm. Just like drives me <laughs> the wall, and is why I have never been able to get into anime. But this mm-hmm. is a scene where, if you were going to have an over-the-top anime reaction face, I would be like, "Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That fits with the tone of this scene." This scene <laughs> so is so tonally like they have very serious them like cuddling. Then mm-hmm. a bunch of people come in and they're like, "Why are you all here in my bang room?" And then afterwards, <laughs> Craig just saying, "Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me." like 40 times as he tries to leave the room. What is yeah. this? Who wrote this? Yeah. I know who wrote it, but and like who? Poor Inez is just like, get out of here, get out of here. And, he, and they're all like, oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. So Craig, Craig uses this scene to establish that he is an idiot because mm-hmm. he says, Kyle Riggler will surely listen to reason. Surely, 
you know, we we proved that villains in shows listen to reason. Um, but also, Ooh, yeah. but also villains who take over small towns. Yeah, they listen mm-hmm. to reason. Mm-hmm. I also kind of wondered if the implication there was that he'll listen to me because, like, I'm a white guy. I thought it was going to be because he's a lawyer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. But you're right. It could be that it's. That yeah. makes it worse. It's, yeah, no, it probably is that. Yeah. Uh, this this episode, uh, yeah, has some problems. Um, Speaking of problems, <laughs> Captain Thorpe. I was trying to, I was trying to come up with a good segue, but that's, I can't that's, run that, that. That was all on you, buddy. Like, you could. I know. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we have, we have fallen so low in our hard times. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just write? Can I just share with you what I wrote please. for that for sure, this next please. scene here? Um, and these are my notes. <laughs> Quote: American sedan costs about seventeen thousand dollars. Holy shit! What year was this? Inflation. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite part about that that part is the sentence after that. <laughs> Which is Thorpe says he figured two seater should cost about half of that price. Oh. Yeah, what? He's he's on the phone trying to buy a brand new Porsche, which I looked this up because I was curious. Um, the MSRP of a base model Porsche in 1990 uh, is like 32k. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> Did someone besides me also write down Thorpe's uh, hashtag deep moment in in this scene? Oh, yes, I wrote it. I got it. Oh, please. Do you want me to read it? (laughs) Of course, yes. Because he said you can quote me, so I had to quote him. Um. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, God, this line. Oh, God. I almost wrote it down, but then I was like, I'm going to be too angry to read this. I want this on a poster. So I didn't write it down. (laughs) I want this on a poster. Please go ahead, Ellie. Okay, hold on. Dramatic. All right, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get in character. Mm -hmm. Hmm. If you sit down on the road of life... Time will run you over and grind you right into the asphalt. You can quote me. (laughs) It's such a bad line. (laughs) I honestly think he should have cut it off after time will run you over. No, right? I think no, I think it would have still been. I bad. think that, no, I, I think mean it's the bad. imagery of grinding you right into the asphalt is very vivid. I kind of I think yeah. like from a literary standpoint, it's very it's a very it's a very evocative yeah. description. Yeah, but like but you do you sit down on the road of life mm-hmm. and time will run you over feels to me like a snippet of a Rupi Corp like poem or mm-hmm. something that someone posts on Instagram. But then you do and grind you right down to the asphalt, and then it becomes a Tim Heidecker poem. <laughs> like I, I think it really ruins the 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 meaning of it. Yeah. Okay. I have another <laughs> okay. I have another of his quotes. But we can oh, I can say it later when when we get to that part in this. Oh sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, the only the only other thing I wanted to talk about in this scene is that after he gives up on trying to buy a Porsche, um he then goes to try and buy a Corvette, uh which interestingly I also looked up and uh, was the same MSRP mm. as a Porsche in 1990, which is absolutely wild to me, um, <laughs> because Porsche is considerably more expensive these days, and I wish they were still that cheap. Um, wow. Not that I would ever actually drive a Porsche, because I'm a white 
dude in tech in Seattle. <laughs> um, and I can't, I can't feed into that stereotype. Mm. Um, you could, <laughs> though. You I brewed mean, your own kombucha in your apartment. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I have... You made your own eggnog from scratch. I mean, come on. Yeah, but those are... See, the difference <laughs> is that those are... The difference is those are Seattle stereotypes, not white dude who moved to Seattle in the last five years stereotype. Uh, no, that 100% is... There's nobody... Oh, okay. I am the only... <laughs> I'm like one of the three true Seattleites left, and everyone else is well, someone from... Well, look, our, our true thing... Is our true thing is talking about man? Don't you feel bad for people who go to like church because they're like an atheist state, and then like not telling people that we decided to skip out on lunch and pretend that I don't know we had like a a, a really bad cold or something? You know, <laughs> the kombucha thing—that's your fault. That's you guys. Yeah, fault. that's fair. Yeah, I blame that on you. Like we were hipster enough. We're we're like we got our like neutral milk hotel listen parties, but we didn't need our kombucha <laughs> at it, you know? Yeah. Well if you did, it would have been an acidic milk hotel. Um Wow. <laughs> I you know what? Yeah. No, that's the response that joke deserved. Um There's there's really no good you know, tie-in joke there. Like I thought about, like the king, yeah. like saying like the king of kombucha flowers, but like that's <laughs> not that good because uh, yeah. we got to talk about these really important gas canisters. Mm-hmm. Like super important. Well, okay, but first I've got one more deep quote. Hashtag oh, deep okay. quote, which is <laughs> I. Well, okay. So first, um, um, he's gonna go get a divorce. He just he he says he's gonna go to the court and get a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Mitch questions him on that, he says, "I don't waste time crying over spilled milk. I just clean up the mess." <laughs> Hashtag. Like, deep. what does that even mean? <laughs> I just clean it up. I don't waste time crying about it. I just clean it up. I mean, most people like don't just leave the spilled milk. <laughs> that's just, like you get bugs, right? Right. That's, yeah. that's the most. I feel like that's very Larry David esque, but like at the same time, like who who wants bugs? <laughs> um. Yeah. That's how you get ants. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. Yes. Um. I also, because I can't let a car go by on this show without talking about it, um, am jealous of Thorpe's new N.A. Miata, because that car has pop-up headlights, and it's very cute, and I do want one. Morgan, Um, let me tell you what my (laughs) note here was. Thorpe comes in, in a car I'm sure Morgan will describe. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, the F.A. Miata was a great little car. It was introduced in 89, so it was actually, like, one of the earlier years. This was probably, like, a first or second year. Um, And it is adorable, because it has little pop-up headlights, and when they pop up, that is it cute. looks like it has a big old smile. Aww. Oh, that's the ones. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Here, I'm going to send a link in chat uh, and also maybe put this as our show art for this episode. Um, well, it will also but, be in the show notes. Yeah. Look at look at that it's little car so smile. Cute. That's adorable. <laughs> it also looks like it has indigestion. A little bit. It does look a little bit bloated. Um, I'm now realizing that I find indigestion cute, and I'm worried what that says about me. 
But like, like Aww. look at those little pop up yes, lights. I knew that's, uh, that's what I knew. It's so good, and they they can blink. Yeah, I've seen I've seen people who have um, wired up their headlights on an NA to be able to control them independently, so you can actually just like wink with one eye at a time, and it is the best. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. <gasps> I just posted a, a gif of the oh. headlights popping up. Oh, I love. Oh, that's I amazing. want pop up headlights on a car so bad. Oh, it's so. I cute. want the Rock to have one so he can do the people's <laughs> eyebrow. Uh, yes. Anyways, where anyways where were we in this episode? Um, <laughs> Thor, we're talking Thor about has a cute Thor. car. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, he is proving that, uh, despite the fact that he's getting divorced, Miata is always the answer. Mm. Um, and that's a joke for the car community. Um, <laughs> they're here. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know it. Real big crossover. Hey, car um, community. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I just want to talk about this scene because, um, He's like, I'm going to go file divorce papers, but I haven't even talked to my wife about it yet. <laughs> and Mitch is like, hey, don't you think you should talk to her first? Um, and I'm I'm a little bit mixed because like, OK, yes, she did say it's over. And so like Thorpe is totally within his rights to be like, all right, fine, it's over. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to put up with this. Uh, but also somehow I don't imagine that Thorpe is a person who talks about like emotions ever Mm -hmm. so uh it does not surprise me to learn that there is a lot of unresolved tension between him and his wife Mm -hmm. well he he doesn't even seem to understand what the problem was she said their marriage was a sham and then he's sort of talking about that um after the disco uh with mitch Mm -hmm. and then he's like well i guess the last few years of our marriage have been pretty boring maybe that's why she thought it was a sham but it's sort of like you know what that is that's not a sham that's a sham wow (laughs) Ugh. I hate Morgan. You can't say "ugh." Okay, that's your kind of joke. That's <laughs> your kind of joke, and you know it, it. is. But also, that's why I hate it. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. He does not read as especially uh, emotionally intelligent Mm-mm. during any of this. It just seems it seems so bizarre to me that you would be married to a person and then like they would all of a sudden be like, you know we need to be over, you need to get out of here, and you would have literally no idea why. Like, that that seems yeah. like something that's very strange. <laughs> like... Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And they keep they keep hitting that they've been married for 27 years. Like, and you really, you have no idea why she might not like you anymore? Yeah. None? All right. I, I have no clue. I, yeah. I love the radio. Well, I mean, thankfully... We never talk about her or see her outside of the context of her being Captain Thorpe's wife. Mm-hmm. So apparently it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, Doris. Yeah. I think that's her name. I, I think so. I didn't write it down. Um, doesn't matter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, next up, we've got um, a really uncomfortable scene, which is that Hobie is making flower arrangements for a unstated mystery older woman um, who we know is Shawnee for a king of carrot flowers, making our neutral milk hotel tie in yet again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Mitch is like, Hey, who are you making flowers for? And Hobie's like, it's an older woman. And Mitch is like, well, no, 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 no. He says, 
it's for it's for a girl, and then he says it's an older woman. <laughs> girls my age, well, they're just girls. She's a woman. <laughs> Ugh. And then Mitch says, "Since when are you into dating older women?" <laughs> He's thirteen. <Yeah>. Like <laughs> since when today? <laughs> yeah. As opposed to Hobie's other like rich dating life of the three dates he went on with Jenny before she decided to leave him for Todd. And um, well, okay, so one Todd is the coolest guy ever. Don't don't talk about okay. <laughs> Again, we will we will get the finish to Todd in eight seasons when he comes back in season nine. Yeah. But also he did kiss Jenny Lewis of Rilo Kylie. Oh that's true. Yes. Which is that. very odd. And I can't believe I get to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a weird guest spot. <laughs> the weirdest guest spot. Uh, but, you know, all that trained him for now, where he mm-hmm. now finally has the confidence <laughs> to make flowers for a woman who also already has a boyfriend. Yeah. I also, I don't want to skip over just how encouraging Mitch is about the fact that Hobie's dating an older woman yep. now and says that, in fact, he should go for it, yep. um, which is a incredibly creepy thing to tell your child. I was going to I was going to ask you um, because I OK, I, I've never had like, you know, a father son relationship with my with my sure. dad, obviously. Um, <laughs> OK, um, where's this going? So, so as sort of a thought experiment, I was wondering. So like if, if we're hypothetically oh. in the future, <laughs> I'm so worried. Both of you. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. It's just both of you have, you know, now you're older, you've got kids, mm-hmm. and, and this kid is a boy, and he's 13, and he's making flower arrangements, and he tells you this is for an older woman. Like, h- how do you respond to that? Yeah. Well, I mean, the assumption that I assume Mitch is making is that she's, like, two years older. Okay. She's 15. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, that's fine. Like, two years Okay, he didn't disclose she's eight years older, which is a lot, Um, especially because she is a like statute legal age and you are nowhere near that. Yeah. Yeah. And any state like the minimum is 16 in some states. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you are 13. Yeah. Like like. Okay, you are 13. Your voice hasn't dropped yet. I mean, my voice never dropped, but like, like, I mean, you, like, yeah, like he hasn't, I don't mean to be like too like TMI with this, but he hasn't even like figured out what an erection is yet. Like, he, he, like, he doesn't know anything. Yeah. I will say, at least personally, if my child told me that they were planning on dating, an older woman, I would at least ask, how old is she? That That's what I was sort of wondering. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that feels like a reasonable and casual enough question where if they're like, oh, she's 14. I'm like, oh, yeah, when I was 13, 14 did feel like, really oh, old. those are yeah. older kids. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, I think the other question you should be asking is, okay, that's great, son, but is this older woman my 21-year-old employee? <laughs> Which is what I'm always going to ask. That's what's getting me. The fact that he didn't 
ask any details about who this older woman was that he didn't ask. Whoa, whoa, whoa. autonomy. Or who is she? Or how do you know her? Or is this your teacher or someone inappropriate, like inappropriate for you to be hitting on? Like, look, look, it's it's the law of the jungle. Okay, (laughs) like you don't need to know that. You just let the motion of the ocean guide you. And Poseidon, Poseidon will provide. I know, I know, I know. I I felt so dirty and bad saying that. I'm so sorry. Don't worry. It's about to get way more uncomfortable. (laughs) It's going up to an 11. Because Hobie uh, is heading over to Shawnee's apartment to drop off the flowers he made her, dressed in his best shirt. Um, Okay, but also... very underrated point here. How does he get there? Is he biking there with the flowers and they're still intact? Like those those flowers should have like all fallen off. Did he walk yeah. there? Did his dad drive him to Shawnee's apartment? Like yeah. what happened? That's a good question. I know. Great questions here. We'll never know. We'll never know. Nope. It feels like they just walk everywhere in that town. So by that town do you mean Los Angeles? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that famously very walkable town. But okay, no one has a car. So in my mind, it's like not really Los Angeles, right? Like it's like yeah, it's Malibu, it's like fantasy Los. A- yeah, Malibu. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, it's it's fantasy Los Angeles, but the same. Like it's the fantasy Los Angeles where the World War happened right. on this beach, <laughs> and there's pirates. and pirates. Yeah. Also, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and also Hulk Hogan has the deed to a uh, orphan camp. Uh, but, you know, God, I'm it's so all excited for that episode. <laughs> I am so excited. Uh, but also it's real Los Angeles. And that's what scares me most is that I like thinking that maybe I could have been living in that. Oh. But I decided to have to grow up in this hipster shithole. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love it. But like I could have been in that shithole. Yeah. And yeah. how would your life be different now? <laughs> I think I'd be a jock. Ooh. Yeah, I'd be oh. a uh, reconstituted beefcake. <laughs> oh, my God. You brought it back around. <laughs> I know. I know, right? Uh, but, Morgan, since I know you're so dying to talk about it, can mm-hmm. you please tell me about this scene? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up. We've got uh, Court and Eddie are in the bar down in Mexico, and they're fixing up the bar with gaffer's tape, Um, which is smart because gaffer's tape is amazing uh, and will actually probably fix those chairs. Mm -hmm. Um, Really? Craig, gaffer's tape, everyone says duct tape is the thing to use, but at least in my experience with like theater tech, gaffer's tape is so stronger because it's it's cloth backed, so it's so much stronger than duct tape. Oh. You know what they might say? That people who who say uh, you should use duct tape, well, that's just a gaff right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she got it. <laughs> it's so late for me that that's really funny. <laughs> that's my, 100% of my humor is, man, they're really tired. I hope they find this funny. <laughs> Yeah, now now you understand why we we record this podcast at night. Um. <laughs> oh my, the best the best times are Morgan and I like hanging out and just be like it's super late. Maybe we should watch this horrible movie. Oh my god, everything is amazing and fun. Yes. 
Um, but Craig's Craig's not back to the bar yet, uh, and they're starting to get worried. Um, and then finally, he shows up, and by shows up, I mean he gets thrown from his jeep in front of the bar, and then Court says it's time to do things my way. Um, and then, and then we get to yes this scene. Yes. Um, All of my notes are just ew, ew, yeah, ew. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I actually have some notes on this scene, but I, not not a lot. Yeah. So it it starts off innocently enough. Um, if you don't know any of the context of the rest of this episode, uh, which is that Shawnee and Hobie are playing checkers, mm-hmm. and Hobie is trying to flirt with her. Uh, also, he's cheating. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she goes to get more hot cocoa for them, and then he cheats at checkers, and then tells her how much better he'd be at being a boyfriend than Eddie. Well, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's let's add a little bit more context. <laughs> sure. I feel like because everybody kind of needs to experience how horrible this is. <laughs> so I'm not sure they do. <laughs> I, I think so. So Shawnee says something about how uh, she's glad that yeah, um, Hobie came over uh, because. God, I, as I think I told Allie before this, uh, 100% a man wrote this. Uh, so Shawnee says something about how Eddie, Eddie's gone, and it's so nice to just have a man around the house. And so then Hobie says, well, I'd never leave town without you. I mean it. I'd be much better than you, th- than Eddie. I'd bring you flowers. I'd take you lunch at the tower, and I'd even carry your lifeguard stuff for you. And she responds, but Hobie, you already do all that. And he goes, yeah, I know. And then he makes out with her. <laughs> yep. Yep. I just, okay. Bad. I'm trying to get into her headspace. I tried to do that a lot, <laughs> and it was hard. Ooh, I'm trying to get into the headspace <laughs> where you would ever call a 13-year-old boy a man. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just wouldn't ever I, I say can think that. of one. I can think of one. Oh, and that yeah. is if he if he was Jewish. Yeah. Oh. Because then he's bar mitzvah. But uh, <laughs> Hobie is definitely not a Jewish name. Uh, Hobie Buchanan, not really one of the classic <laughs> Jewish names. Uh, not really one of the like Upper East Side names. Uh, but, you know, it could be. But Gail also is. I mean, Gail looks like she could have been sort of Jewish. But I don't I don't buy it. So yeah. I do not think this boy is bar mitzvah. <laughs> and therefore he is not a man. <laughs> Glad we solved that one. And then also, Look, just it's the, important. I had to know when I became a man. It was at thirteen, <laughs> and then I could. I was forever free from guilt or or any probable cause. <laughs> <laughs> I just okay. And then the, and then the whole like the stereotypical like oh I miss having a man around <laughs> to yeah. take care of me. <laughs> I'm so lonely. I'm just a woman. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's so disgusting because like we have had an episode where I, Ali, you haven't heard this yet because it hasn't come out mm-hmm. uh, yet, but there's an ep- episode about domestic abuse, <sighs> which we mentioned, and the episode actually does it a pretty good job talking about it. Uh, they give, they empower her a ton mm-hmm. in it, and it's, like, the only bad part about it is is Eddie. Like, Shawnee 100% is, like, shockingly empowered for a show in 1990, even for a show in 2020. And then they go from that to, I like to uh-huh. have a man around the house. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, 
Yeah. It's because of the writers. Like, I mean, they have different writers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, like, one of the writers for that episode was a woman. Oh. This is both men. Mm-hmm. Oh. Boy, does it show. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, he uh, he kisses Shawnee, and Shawnee, thankfully, doesn't seem to be into it. Oh. Um, at least at first. Um, but don't worry, we've got uh, another scene first before we resolve this whole disaster, um, which is that Thorpe decided not to give the divorce papers to the county clerk because he's having second thoughts, um, which, like, cool. Um, but what about his wife? Like, do we do we give a shit about her feelings or thoughts on any of this during any point of this? <laughs> nope, we sure don't. He has um, a moment that they've already done better with Officer Garner Ellerby, where he yeah. talks about all the dreams I'd shared, I shared, I have, I share with her, or I did, and now I don't know if I can stop that. Which is like you wanted that to be hashtag deep, but he did yeah. that better <laughs> episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This one doesn't even have a single reference of uh, listening to Aretha Franklin in a tub. Aww. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which I also still, I uh, rewatched that episode and I still hear it as reefer in the tub and not Aretha <laughs> in the tub. <laughs> that sounds like a really, a really great movie that I'm going to have to watch eventually. <laughs> Ooh, reefer in the tub. I would watch reefer in the tub. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> it's it's either like a 50s anti-drug PSA <laughs> or or it's a like early 2000s Judd Apatow yep. parody yep, yep, of yep, 50s yep. drug PSAs. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep, and of yep. course it, it stars uh, Seth uh, Seth Rogen. Well, or, Seth yep. Rogen. I was going to say Seth Green, and I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the all the usual cast of Apatow characters. Yep. Jeff Green, Seth Green, Seth Rogen. <laughs> Jack Black is in the tub randomly. He just pops up. He just he just he, they're just like all at the tub, and then just his head pops out of the middle, and it's Jack Black. It's Jack Black. Yep, and. And he's like, I heard there's some reefer here. And that's like it. He just disappears. And then he does, he does like a... And then he's gone. Yeah, yeah exactly. And they're like, was that Jack Black? Like, I don't know, man. And he like pops back in one more moan and just says reefer. <laughs> Fuck, I would watch this movie. We need to make this movie. We need to make this movie. We'll just cameo all of the roles. You know? Coming 2023. <laughs> that would be amazing if we just wrote a movie based on cameos. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How has nobody done Shit. that? Well, uh, I mean, one thing, because it's illegal, um, but that won't stop us. We're going to do some guerrilla filmmaking. Um, <laughs> Look, we're true punks. Mean, paying actors on Cameo small amounts of money for them to record messages. Late <laughs> yep. stage capitalism, baby. Can you, can you get them <laughs> yep. to like read basically anything or... Unless yeah. it's like an you, ad, you tell them. You tell them. Yeah, Morgan, please give us give her the context. Yeah, I mean, so you basically give them a prompt, and okay. then they do whatever they're gonna do with that. Um, oh, yeah. But so but yes, our experience is based on what Morgan is <laughs> based on a wrestler that Michael hired to promote the podcast, um, and it is very funny. His name is Nick Gage, and he is the leader of the MDK Murder Death Kill Gang. Also, the hate club. Uh, and he tells everybody that 
uh, this is some gang shit, and you all need to listen to these motherfuckers <laughs> who are making an awesome <laughs> podcast. Now, I should also add that uh, Nick Gage has said that MDKs are all people, and thus trans lives matter, uh, and mm-hmm. trans people are matter are important. And I'm like. He is the best person. Also, he just <laughs> named a gang a murder, death, kill, and I yeah. fucking love him. He's the best. <laughs> like, we will send you that. It's amazing. Yeah. I want to see it so bad. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely get you a link at some point after this recording. Hey. Yes. Um, We're just trying to escape the inevitable. Yeah, I, can, I, I really don't want to talk about I'll this do it. scene. I'll do it. <laughs> For the sake of all of us, I will do okay. it. Be my guest. So... Shawnee finds Hobie at the headquarters and she has um, a very, uh, I, I would say it's it's weirdly toned because the way she's yes. talking about it seems kind of like she's uh, being facetious mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So she tells him, uh, I think what you did was sweet and uh, she's glad he kissed her because some people go their whole lives never having anyone fall in love with them. But I have two people and I think that's pretty special. And I'm like, the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Uh, and then Hobie concedes that she can't date both of them, which you could <laughs> polyamory exists. Totally. Uh, totally. But also uh, he concedes that she was dating Eddie first and it would probably hurt Eddie if you dumped him for a 13 year old and, yeah. and as good friends. And she gives him a huge kiss on the cheek, mm-hmm. but the whole scene, there's more to it where it's just like them saying a lot of things and her going, I know. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you could tell she was like, I don't want to do this. So, so you briefly <sighs> mentioned it, but I do want to, um, touch real quick on the fact that the show's reasoning for why uh, Hobie should not date Shawnee is because it would suck for Eddie to be dumped for a 13-year-old. Not because you shouldn't be dating a 13-year-old if you're 21. And it's bad. It's really bad. Look, Morgan, you just have to understand, these these writers are, they know, women have no agency. (laughs) Like just yeah. everyone everyone knows that. They o- read only right men into, right into it, yes. Yeah. yeah. Only only men have agency and mm-hmm. therefore he has to tell her how it is because like he just knows he's the coolest guy on the block, other than Todd. He's the mm-hmm. coolest guy on the block. And look, you just gotta learn a thing or two from him. Yeah. Okay, here's what I have to say. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> so all right, so so we we begin this whole really gross journey with mm-hmm. um with this you know after the after the CPR thing um where Hobie is talking to his friend saying um you know what a great kiss and this friend is like that wasn't a kiss that was CPR okay mm-hmm. you're misreading the situation and then again like. Hobie is trying to flirt with her and he is again clearly misreading the situation like thinking like oh if I'm you know if I'm really like sweet to her like that'll make her like me or whatever um and then he comes over and she being polite um maybe even considering him a friend or Mm -hmm. you know somebody who she would enjoy talking to or spending time with even though that is a little weird as a 21 year old with the 13 year old Mm -hmm. but okay whatever Mm -hmm. letting all that Mm go um she she's like yeah sure come on in like i don't really have anything to do and i guess we can play checkers and that's fine i'd enjoy that sure 
sure. But then again, he, you know, misreads that and assumes, mm-hmm. like, she, uh, she, like, is into him because she's just being friendly and polite, which is, a like, a, a running theme, I think, that we could still talk about in our culture where, like, Ooh, yes. men sort of <laughs> assume that when women are friendly or polite, um, that that means they're mm-hmm. hating on them or flirting with them and that mm-hmm. they want mm-hmm. something that the women really aren't trying to elicit mm-hmm. from them. Um, so, so then, so then that brings it all to where he kisses her and then, um, and then she comes and finds him and he's clearly upset. And then at the beginning of that scene, he says, you must be so angry at me because of oh, what yeah, I did. I and I feel like at that moment, oh. he realized like, I completely misread this. Like I, th- I hope that's what it means. Exactly. I think it, I, I, I thought I saw it as more just like, him being like, oh, uh, I, I totally didn't think about the Eddie stuff. Not not like, oh, I feel bad for like trying to kiss you. It's like, oh, your boyfriend. Oh, oh he wasn't here. Okay. And that's how I read it. Okay. I don't know. Well, I was thinking like maybe in that moment he's realizing like, oh, yeah, I did misread all of this. I That was inappropriate of me to do. Um, and then she could have just said something along the lines of like, yeah, I'm really sorry, but like, I'm sure you'll be a great boyfriend to somebody when you're older um, and you seem like a really great kid. Like, you know, I appreciate that you care about me. Something like that. Um, (laughs) Keep it up, sport. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But but that's not what happened. No, it sure isn't. No. Yeah. No. It's it's so much worse. I mean, one of the most like obvious like this was written by men parts is clearly that they don't know how to write her being able to successfully tell someone no thanks exactly like like clearly like uh ali i'm gonna make an assumption here Mm -hmm. uh i assume that at some point in your life like doesn't have to be related to dating Mm -hmm. but you've had to say like give someone like a hard like i'm sorry no yeah uh, i or i appreciate that like that's something that also occurs like in dating. Yes. Where yeah. It's like, oh, hey, like that that's cool. But like, I'm sorry, I wasn't feeling it. Right. And then you're just like, if you're both adults, you say, OK, that's cool. Right. Thanks. I appreciate yep. it. And then maybe you become friends. Yeah. What you don't do is say like, well, you know, there could have been a chance. Yep. But there isn't yep. now because of this. Like you just say, no, I'm sorry. And then you're done. Yep. So this was clearly written by someone who feels entitled and privileged to a yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like making an excuse for the only reason why there could be a no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. I hate it so much. And specifically to reiterate, that excuse is that it would suck too much for Eddie if he was dumped for a 13 year old. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like, and we are like, I think there is sort of a, I'm not going to speak for all women, obviously, but I think there is sort of like, we are culturally conditioned to uh, want to let people down in the nicest way humanly possible, which to some, some people may leave the door open for like future, you know, whatever. Like, you don't just say, right. you don't just say, hey, no, I'm not into you. You say, no, you seem like a really nice guy and I had such a great sure. time with you. And, oh, this was so great. And da, 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 da. And I'm so sorry. It's just not a really good time for me right now in my life. And I'm so busy. And, oh, uh, geez, I'm so sorry. 
right? And yeah, you haven't sure. said, I'm just not into you, right? Um, yeah. And so the guy reads all that, or whoever, sorry, any person in that situation would read that and then think, oh, but, you know, she never said that... Mm-hmm that she wasn't into me. She never said that this wasn't possible. She sort of left the door open a little bit and then like, I can kind of swoop in there later or maybe I'll just stick around or maybe I'll just like keep pestering her or maybe I will. I don't know. Ooh, I definitely, definitely wasn't guilty of doing that as a teenager. Vice. <laughs> Um, right. Uh, <laughs> not, not trying to solve all dating issues ever in the form of our Baywatch podcast. Right. But maybe, maybe if people took dating rejections the same way they took job rejections, yeah. the world would be better. Yes. Or it's just like, oh, uh, you know, I'm sorry. We just decided that your skills don't exactly go with like what we have right mm-hmm, now, right. but we'll keep your, your resume on file, which is bullshit. It's like, yeah. I will keep you in my Rolodex of available men. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not actually. Your your resume qualifications just didn't meet my job. Binders, like, binders full of men. Yeah, binders, binders full of men. Full of men. <laughs> Look, it's just a Mitt Romney world out there. But then it's sort of like, well, do you then change how you like how you say no? Like, because then then if you say, hey, no, sorry, I'm not into you. Then sometimes you get a response that is like equally immature, which is like, oh, yeah. How dare you? How dare you lead me on? Like, what? Like, you you can't do better than me. F you. Yeah. Yeah. And so so then it's like you can't win. Like, there's no way to say Mm, no. And like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a rough world out there, but like it is. And I sort of was wondering, like initially in that interaction, if that's sort of what she was doing, if she was trying to let him down in like the most easy way. Sure. That's what I thought possible. it was. That's the tone him kind of implied. Right. I felt like, you know, it, the tone was very much like, yeah. And the, it was like kind of a version of that. But for a 13 year old. OK. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, like I'm. Definitely. Like it would definitely hurt Eddie if I ugh, if I dumped him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, you know, that's the only reason why. But because we know 1990 better than that, we're like, I don't think it actually means that, guys. <laughs> well, and it's also the like, I'm glad you kissed me and it, I'm so lucky to have two men who love me. Oh, that's inexcusable. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. And the the final kiss on the cheek also that too great. doesn't 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 work. I'm a little bit more okay with that only because Shawnee has established herself over a few episodes kissing people on the cheek, and I'm like, okay, yes, so it's, but context this is the thing matters. She does, yeah. Context does matter. <laughs> I just feel like it's established that every single time Shawnee's in a very badly written scene, she kisses someone. On the cheek <laughs> the end. That is true. <laughs> so I'm like, the context is this is how they write her out. This is her Deus Ex Machina. It's oh. a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Gross, 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 gross. <laughs> gross. It's it's very gross. Uh, we know it's not gross. Morgan, this is your job. Why am I doing that? <laughs> we've got we've got one last uh set piece here, which is uh the Mission Impossible section of this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, like, after that really gross scene, like I'm ready for for a full blown fight. For a white knight. Oh yeah. 
um, Court's going around pulling down a bunch of electrical wiring in a house, and Inez is yelling at him that he's going to set everything on fire, uh, which I believe, because he has not proven himself to be especially smart, <laughs> any of the two episodes that we've seen him. Nope. Um, Can you explain to me why he's tearing down the electrical wire? So I think it's because he's creating a detonator for that. Mm-hmm. Gas oh, oh, OK, that OK, 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 OK. All right. um, yeah. But which I'm we, pretty which, sure that's not how that works. So we, we saw the gas canisters earlier, very yeah. much earlier as yeah. a foreshadow that actually worked as opposed to that other foreshadow from earlier that didn't amount to anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this scene is also absolutely stupid. And it's so dumb. It's so <laughs> It's the worst scene. Like, what was the point of this? Yeah. Yeah. To just quickly talk through it. um, Basically, um, him and Inez talk about how uh, Riggler basically runs the whole town. And he's like uh, Coyote, who's like taking people across the border. Mm -hmm. Um, But in exchange, like he basically owns everything and runs everything. Um, So then Court, Craig and Eddie go to Riggler's hideout where mm. he's stabbing meat with a big knife and playing cards. <laughs> um, just, you know. Well, okay, and I just want to say, I wrote down that Inez is basically, he. she gives this little anecdote of this time where Wriggler had killed a guy. And so mm-hmm. she's, she's saying to Court, hey, this dude kills people. He killed our old sheriff. And Court's just like, that's fine. I got yeah. this. Don't worry, little lady. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that seems to be his character based on the two episodes we've seen him in. Oh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. OK, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. Um, there is there is nothing important here to interrupt <laughs> um, because the only thing that's left in this episode is an explosion. There, there are there are some good explosions because they're about to blow up uh, Riggler's hideout. And uh, just as Court is about to touch the two wires together, which will trigger the explosion, we see a gas hose that was on top of the barrel fall over and soak Craig's Jeep that was conveniently right next to the barrel, (laughs) which I want to say, I don't think you needed the gas hose. Um, If a big barrel of gas blew up right next to your car, uh, your car's fucked. It's probably going to explode too, yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> who who planned this? Uh, no one. No one did. Cocaine planned this. Um, Ooh. Ooh. But I'm also um, wondering what they were hoping for. So they, they're going to explode these two gas murder. things. Were they yeah. hoping to explode the house? So I think their plan does go off as planned, except for Craig's Jeep being part of it. <laughs> because what happens is, so they... They blow up the barrels, and specifically Craig does it, and then he sees his Jeep blow up, and he goes into, like, catatonic shock. <laughs> sure, yeah. whatever. He just keeps okay. saying, I blew up my Jeep. <laughs> I blew up my Jeep. <laughs> I mean, it was a cool Jeep, but, like... Mm. I feel like I'd be saying the same thing if I blew up my Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess what this means is the podcast needs to buy a Jeep and see what happens <laughs> when we blow it up. It's the only way to find out for sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm in. Let me put my funds in. <laughs> <laughs> How much can one Jeep cost? $10? Um, <laughs> less than a cameo for Nick Gage. Yeah. What about I'll tell you that. <laughs> $20, $25? 
<laughs> With inflation, it's about 30. So. Um, the three of them run back to town um, and tell all the townspeople, hey, you know those scary people that murder you? Um, we made them really angry. Congratulations. Yep. You get to fight them now um, because we're white saviors and we're here to save you by making everything a lot worse. Um <laughs> And so then there's a really big fight scene, um, and I did stop paying attention during it because, again, I thought it was very boring. <laughs> but, okay, but before the fight scene, I just want to jump in and say oh, yeah. that one of the townspeople jumps in and says, they're not mad at us, the town. They're mad at you. You guys were the <laughs> yeah. ones who exploded who exploded their thing, and and then and then, and then who? I think Court is like, well, mm-hmm. that's not the way they're gonna see it. So yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So basically, blackmailing this town into getting into a physical altercation with these people who have weapons and apparently torches? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. And they're yep. coming to burn the town down. Yep. And and then and then poor Inez has to give sort of a like war rally speech <laughs> yeah. where she's like, "Do you remember how much you love this town? Do you remember how like all the memories we've had here? Now these people are coming to burn it all down and you're going to have to fight for it." Listen. Yeah. <laughs> it's it it is interesting actually. I had forgotten that um Inez is the one who gives that final speech. Because it mm-hmm. really and truly proves that Cord is just useless during all of this. Yes. Like, he mm-hmm. can't even inspire the town to fight. Like, <laughs> Nope. That did feel good. Yeah. yeah. You know, with all these, with these three just incredibly dashing white savior knights, uh, they're all, everyone's just like, go fuck mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. And I was like, thank God. Thank mm-hmm. the fucking Lord. Also great in this scene is uh, Riggler and his guys come with torches. <laughs> uh, and then one dude is just like, don't worry, fam. I got a bucket of water. And it's just it's like, OK, done. Easy. And I was like, there's five of them. And there is an entire town. They're just going to get destroyed. Like, who planned this? Like, like you could have taken. They just have OK, one. They're coming with their torches. <laughs> They're coming with torches and like they're all old and out of yeah. shape. And, and so it's Riddler like himself is just like <laughs> he definitely doesn't. He doesn't look like a fighter. He looks no. very, very old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he looks like an old prospector kind of. And, and he's just like, I'm like, right. The only fight you've ever won is one against someone who didn't throw a punch. <laughs> So it's like, what if a whole town then threw a punch at you? You die. So and we get that. We get this bad fight scene. Now, mind you, I have some opinion on fight scenes uh, because I watch a lot of I've watched a lot of Kung Fu movies. And of course, I watch at least seven hours of pro wrestling a week. So uh, I have some opinions about how they film these things. And this was bad. Like they edited people on top of other people for for what reason? And it's just cut so fast. And I'm like, there's like, no, you can't tell what's going on in the action. But in the end, they win. And I'm like, no, it's it's not the ends that justify the means yeah. in a fight scene. It's the means. Yeah. You want the actual fighting, not the result. 
but luckily, Inez then kicks them out of the town because her bar is on fire. Yeah, I will say the that was a very good piece of editing where Court's like, hey, look, I saved you all. And Inez is like, fucking no, you didn't get out. And he's like, what do you mean? And then there's just like a smash cut to the bar on fire. And I did think that was very funny. <laughs> and when I will say when Inez um, when he's like, well, see, I saved you. And then she slaps him. There's a yeah. woman and it's hard to hear, but there's this woman like townswoman who, who just yells, Buenacho, which means like, well done or good yep. job. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah, it. That's amazing. I totally missed that. I missed that yeah. too. Oh man, that's great. Allie, would you like to tell us the last scene of this episode? <laughs> All I wrote down was in all caps are they just going to walk home from mexico question mark question mark exclamation mark question mark i guess so yeah they also say the title of the episode again yes and then it cuts to the credits immediately (laughs) okay so yeah uh ali that was that was the episode. Now, I don't know if you're if you're super familiar with our rating system here, but I'd like to I'd like to get some of your your thoughts on this. So, okay, it's a simple scale, one to ten. Okay. One is you're walking on a muddy beach, and every time you take a step, there's a twig underneath your foot, and it's just poking right into you. And a ten is sniffing Mitch's abs. So, like, uh-huh. where on that scale does this episode lie? Ooh, I'm gonna. Ooh, it's tough because there were some moments that I was like, Haha, that's pretty funny. But then then there was an inappropriate, extremely inappropriate relationship with a 13 year old. Lots of things were just extremely inappropriate. I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Morgan and, and how would you how would you describe oh yes, yes. what would be your uh, on on the scale from stepping on pointy twigs to sniffing Mitch's abs right how, what's a what's a four a four is like hmm well, okay so so back to the, the back to the beach like description so a four is like walking on the beach but like um but like there's just a lot of like random stuff in the sand that you can't really tell what it is and some some steps are okay and then some steps you're like I don't know what I just stepped on but I I feel like it was moving and I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I feel good about being on this beach anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I think I think I agree. Um I a 4 is about where I had it as well. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say a four is, um, a four is when you sweep the stairs to a tower badly, um, because Mm. as we learn, it's three sweeps in each direction to sweep a tower. Um, (laughs) and (laughs) it means that there's still a bunch of weird debris on the ramp up to your tower, uh, so you cut your foot open while you're starting. Oh, that sucks. Oh, how about you, Michael? I'm going to rate this a five. Uh, wow. uh, a little bit better. And I'm going to say a five is listening to half of the famous album in the airplane over the sea by neutral milk hotel. Because if you put the <laughs> other half with it, it's a 10. Um, 
uh, yeah, I, I like this a tiny bit more, uh, but I think that's maybe because the last few episodes have just been kind of trash, uh, yeah. especially given the fact that, you know, we recently had Armored Car, which was so bad that we did a movie podcast instead of that. Um, <laughs> uh, yep. I do think, you know, possibly Cool Cat Saves the Kids is maybe even better than this episode. But nah, it's not. It's not. Um, um, but I did like this episode in parts. It wasn't. It was hard to watch because of the Shawnee and Hobie stuff. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, I was like, you know what? I like I, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Like I like it wasn't great, but like it was interesting to me, I guess. Yeah. I will say one thing for it, which is that there have been like Armored Car and like one or two other episodes this season, uh, episodes that are hard to watch because they are so goddamn slow and boring. Mm. Um and at least things happened in this episode. Yes. Now, I hated a lot of the things that were happening, <laughs> but at least it wasn't nothing. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you want to hear about what happens next episode? A little Absolutely. preview. Yes. So I've actually seen a little bit of this episode, and I can tell <gasps> you, I enjoy it. Um, Ooh. Um, but it is kind of bonkers. Perfect. So as always, we have our IMDb description and our Baywatch wiki description. So our IMDb description is Court and Eddie train junior lifeguards at a water slide park, but someone is vandalizing the slide's pumps. Meanwhile, Captain <laughs> Thorpe Meanwhile, Captain Thorpe wants Shawnee fired for posing in a pinup calendar. Um hmm. now that's the IMDb description. Now mind you, that episode actually it goes better than you think. Um, okay. So then the Baywatch description is, uh, the wiki, Cord and Eddie go to a local water theme park to teach teenagers about lifeguard duties, but one of them quickly resents Eddie's presence. Back at Baywatch, Hobie finds out that parents of his fellow students at school take a dim view of lifeguarding as an occupation, and Shawnee gets into trouble over pictures of her in a pinup magazine. Now, mm. I should also add that uh, this is the start of I don't want to spoil too much, but sure. this is the start of a significant relationship in a new relationship in Mitch's life. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. And I think it's very exciting. We won't we won't get to hear about it about that mostly until two episodes from now, in which we'll have another guest on. Uh, but uh, I think it's going to be very exciting. Uh, I. I do think that we're because we're getting so close to Shark Derby. I know I've been hyping that episode up so much <laughs> and it's worth all the hype I've been giving it. I swear to you, Morgan, it's going to be amazing. We're going to have a whole big Shark Derby filled day. You know, it's just going to be so much fun. Uh, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, me too. I'm excited for that, too. <laughs> oh, you should be. Like, I will encourage you to watch it separately and then, you know, talk about it. But yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show, Allie. It was, was such so fun. a fun time. Please uh, come yeah. back. Please come. Yeah, back. I would love to come back. Let me know. Oh, absolutely. You are welcome anytime. Yes, literally anytime, except for Shark Derby and episodes where there's other people talking. <laughs> Not other people talking. Sorry, that sounds mean. I meant other guest people. You don't want to, yeah. You don't want to have like 15 people on your podcast to like interrupt each other about sharks. <laughs> honestly, honestly, that I kind of do because that's how I want most of my friendships to be. But I don't know if that's conducive for a podcast. If we ever do that episode, I'm not editing it. 
like we're just releasing the raw stitched together audio of everyone and you oh all my enjoy the, an audio nightmare. I mean, we, <laughs> you know, Morgan, we could do that for the season finale. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, that might be a really good idea. I should Ooh. add that the season oh finale, we we were thinking about maybe delaying it one week. Because if we do delay it a week, the season finale could be on New Year's Eve. <gasps> um, I that think. could be interesting. I th- no, wait. Or is it? No. Sorry. It'd be for my birthday. Sorry. Yeah, I was kidding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but even <laughs> then, <laughs> even then, it's still like interesting enough. I, I think that we should... Get a bunch of people to like talk at once. Maybe bring back all of our guests who yep. have been uh, been on the show so far to each contribute something, um, and maybe yep. some other people. I don't know. Uh, maybe pay four hundred bucks to get David Hasselhoff to do a cameo. Who knows? <gasps> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll oh, yeah. we'll, we'll have yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. Um. That sounds like a really great idea. I know. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, it will be a terrible idea for anyone listening to the episode, but it will be a lot of fun to record. <laughs> I mean, look, it's for us. Yeah. yeah I, exactly. It's for us. Yeah. Um, before we get into the outro here, uh, Ali, do you have anything you want to plug? <laughs> I could. I could definitely plug my podcast. Um, it's called Well, What Happened? Um, the URL is uh, whathappened.show, but it's also available on like iTunes and Spotify and uh, all of all of the places, most of the places. I think almost all of the places um, <laughs> uh, where you can where you can get podcasts. And uh, the premise of my show, even in written form, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the the premise of the show is really simple. I just um, every week have somebody on to tell me a story. Um, And I've had some really interesting stories so far, some funny stories, some kind of like intense stories. Um, uh, We've got a scary sort of scary story. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, and and it's just really fun. Um, You know, Allie, I would love to come on and tell you a story sometime. I have some over the top stories. Do you oh, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, I would love that. Uh, Morgan has heard. I like I have some stories, one that are just like normal, but over the top college stuff. And then also uh-huh. like, Michael, why do you have such a weird childhood like stories? Yes. I, I specifically think, Morgan, I'm just going to give a, a one word uh, like preview. The Jembe story. Oh, yeah. Oh, you have to. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's quite a few. Um, but yeah, as as someone who's uh, listened to every episode of this podcast, I will highly endorse it. Um, and by the time this comes out, my episode will be live. So yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well. You should also listen because if you love Morgan, Morgan will um, be on a future episode. Um, I haven't. Yep. finished editing and put it out yet but it will be Memories. up eventually um so in the meantime you can come listen to um some good stories and then eventually you'll you'll get a morgan episode yeah um and he's got a great story specifically so. uh it's the story of how michael and i met yep <laughs> i didn't Wait, i didn't want to spoil it but it's good <laughs> what oh i'm i mean i didn't know that i i guess i feel bad because i feel like I I guess the story is interesting, but I don't think of it as maybe your most interesting story. Though I am biased against myself, I do like myself. 
Anyway, I guess the last thing for us to do is to thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrapp. I'm at Snotsnit, and this video is... Sorry, hold on. Sorry, we need to stop this. Actually, <laughs> we never finished the episode. Yes, we did. No, we didn't do the part where they walk out and say, I need a vacation. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. What? I talked about it. Oh, God. Okay, I just... <laughs> The last 30 minutes have been a blur. I to start this over. I'm so sorry. No worries. All right, let's do the outro one last time. <laughs> give, us oh, some good, okay. give us some good energy going into it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Should I do the outro now? <laughs> if you want. I mean, anyway, yeah, if I'm you want. Allie. I'm taking the podcast over now. The podcast handle is... Oh, wait, shit. I forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> at Rookie School Pod. At Rookie School Pod. At Rookie School Pod. Okay, sorry. I'm Allie. I'm taking over the podcast now. And the <laughs> podcast handle on Twitter is at Rookie School Pod. <laughs> Morgan is also on Twitter, I think. Yep. Um, Maybe Michael is too. I'm yeah. at Morgan T. Thrap. I'm at Snotsnit. S N O T S N I T. And thank you again so much. Wait, what's her Twitter handle? What's her Twitter handle? Being on this wild episode. (laughs) Do you want to give out a Twitter handle or anything? (laughs) I'm not really on Twitter. I'm sorry. That's totally Uh, fine. Just remember to remember to check out. Well, what happened? There'll be a link in the show notes. Um, Thank you. And we will see you all next week. And just remember hips, lips and fingertips. Ew. (laughs) Jazz hands.